It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, Episode 30, Building Your Leadership Crew. All right, good morning, good afternoon. Most people are probably commuting again at this point. I know at least uh, by the time this episode drops, our staff is finally going to be back in the building. Uh, maybe it's your plan time. I am Mike, principal extraordinaire out of Lansing, Illinois. And I am Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona. And we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast, where Mike and I explore the ideas of the punk rock ethos of passion, unity, and DIY, and how we can sprinkle that into our classrooms and onto our campuses in order to make the best schools possible for our students. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you've never done a dance called a skank. It's not, it's not what you're thinking. You know, it's just a dance move to some band that has some horns in there. Uh, it doesn't matter if you've pogoed up and down to, to the likes of the Ramones or a bands very similar to them, but we can all be punks of the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. Like Josh said, it's about taking that mindset, the passion, unity, and DIY, and just making our school and classrooms a better place for everybody. That's right. That's right. And Mike, we're talking today, we've talked a couple different times about sort of the need for, for relationships, finding your PLN, finding your crew. But today we're going to take this and kind of turn it a little bit, right? Because we know that we have administrators that listen to this. We know we have, you know, educators like myself who are sort of in this transition period of trying to like, what's the next step for me? Am I, you know, will I be an administrator? What's that going on? Like, and we want to talk a little bit about this idea of like building your leadership crew, right? Because we talk about that idea that that punk rock crew mentality, that idea of like, you know, you and I grew up in scenes in the Midwest where, you know, you had your crew of kids that you hung out with, you know, you had this group of people, you know, that helped put on shows, they put flyers out, you always knew, if I go to this place, I'm going to see those kids there, right? For for me, it was like, all right, we're going to Lansing, we're going to see the Lansing crew, we're going to Flint, we're going to see, you know, you had all these, these, these pockets of people who came together to make good things happen in the scene, in the punk rock scene. And, and each of those people had a role to play in order to do that. And I think for us to talk about what does that look like for a leader? How do you take those ideas of, of that punk rock ethos and how do you inject that into finding a leadership team? So Mike, you're an administrator. You yep. have a, a team of leaders that you work with. How did that work for you? How, how did you build this? How did you, how do you think that sort of ethos is involved for when you started it? And as you're going now, because we know teachers retire, teachers move, teachers go to different schools, yeah. leaders change. How do you navigate building your leadership team? Yeah. So it's interesting because when you become an administrator, a building level administrator, you're, you're given your team. Like, it's not like I came in and they were like, okay, start from scratch, pick out your team leaders, pick out this committee and this team. No, it's like, here's who everyone is and here's what everyone does. Right. And, you know, so it, at first it was very difficult to kind of pick out my teams because I couldn't, I couldn't do that. They were already picked for me. So what I did instead was, you know, 
I remember the first team leader meeting I had, it was over the summer. I had our team leaders come in. There were six of them, um, you know, kindergarten through fifth grade. We each had one. Uh, and then kind of being told by some people, well, here's how it used to be done. Here's how these meetings go. Here's kind of what we work on. And I was like, no, that, okay, thank you. You know, uh, thank you. But here's, you know, what I want to do. So I kind of did, you know, not saying like, here, this is my way, what we're going to do, but letting them know, like, look, there's, you know, you got a new lead singer here. Things are going to change a little different. It's going to sound a little different. The, re- the record's still going to be good, but it's going to be a little <laughs> bit different. Like when Anthrax got, uh, when Anthrax, uh, you know, I can't even remember their names now, but I remember being a kid in Anthrax. That was the big thing. They got a new singer. And then they put out that record and that song only, which is probably one of the Anthrax's best singles, you know? Mm-hmm. And anyway, so kind of let them know, like, here's how I want to do things. And, and, you know, it was, for me, it was all about building those relationships with that team at first. I wanted to, to know them, right. how they worked, you know, what their strengths were. And I saw pretty quickly everyone in the building was, was, very good with each other it wasn't it wasn't segregated like here's first grade here's second grade like i'm sorry it they they all worked well with each other on like non-school stuff okay like I, we're all friends and outside of school and we can do like some building wide like things but it was very much like here's what first grade does here's what second grade does so i wanted to kind of break down those walls mm-hmm. so it was about like building those relationships with them um and getting to know them. So I, I'm not going to lie. And if any of them are listening to this, this is, this is going to be brand new shock to them, you know, but I've been there. This is my seventh year there. So um, I was going, my goal was that I was going to have possibly put up all positions after my first year for like, you can reapply to see if you wanted them. Yeah. I was like, I may want to switch some people out, but after I started to work with those team leaders, and they, they understood very quickly. I mean, right after the first meeting, they understood like, okay, he's, he's not going to do things the way the previous principal did. Um, I realized that I didn't need to switch out that, that group, right? Those right. team leaders worked very well. They helped, you know, they, they, we all created our mission of the school together and where we wanted to go. So from there, I, there were some things I wanted to start building on. So over the next couple of years, you know, we started our SEL committee. Um, you know, I, I want to start like these school-wide morning meetings where we did these grizzly greetings. Yeah. Um, and it's typical. And I remember talking to fellow principals like, oh, well, yeah, I, they always would go to the team leaders. Well, the team leaders are going to take care of that. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, but I, I don't think the team leaders would be the best suited to run my SEL committee because – they're not the ones that have ever come to me. You know, I've talked to these, these individuals right. here who, who are real passionate about wanting to start this SEL school-wide initiative. I said, okay, well, I'm not going to go with my team leaders. And I started kind of branching out with, to, to, to other, to other, you know, groups. Yeah. And, you know, I was asking, you know, so what I do to make my question, you caught me on a bad day, Josh. I'm full of energy. I'm excited. Like <laughs> it's like I think last time I recorded it was the morning, but so what I do now, whether it's you know, some kind of committee, and if you know, 
I try to make it where everyone in our building on our campus knows that they are a leader regardless of their title, how long they've been there. So my goal is when I have to make a committee, I look at what the focus is. If it's SEL, if it's student behavior, and I go to people who one have expressed like an interest or a passion or have shown some like leadership qualities in that initiative, whatever it may be. But then I also go to the people who I have seen as a leader, I've seen those qualities in you. You might not have even noticed it. And I, I put them, I just, well, I just walk into the room or skateboard in the room. Like, Hey, look, um, we're starting to work on this. And I think you would be great for it. Here's why I think you'd be great for it. You know? And a lot of times they're kind of thrown off. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I've gone to those teachers who are very quiet and they're kind of like introverts and, you know, they, they don't speak up in staff meetings or they're not the ones are like, Oh, can I share this new thing? I I just learned and bringing them in to those leadership roles, like seeing those qualities they have is kind of, you know, what, what I look for. I, I, I look for where the people have their path, you know, have passion. And once we kind of build that, you know, we, we get that unity amongst who's working on it. Right. Right. And it's not people butting, butting heads. And we, because we have this longstanding, you know, relationship, we, that's every day we're building relationships with each other. Um, we're able to have like very difficult conversations at times. Right. Right. You know, so and I, I, I totally, I totally kind of get, get what you're going at. I mean, that's, I think the thing that's, that's challenging when I think about like walking into a school as a, as a leader is you really do have some of those teams very much set. And I know for me, when I came in my role as a, as a, you know, a union leader in my district, I had an executive board, right? Like we were all elected together. Now I was vice president. So I got to you know, work with people before I walked in, in my role as president. And I got to encourage people to run, you know, I got to encourage someone to run for my vice president and a couple of people to do some boards, do some seats, but, you know, you come in and you're right. It really is about building those relationships and like, not to, not to like, you know, belabor the point, but it's true, right? Like you have to, you have to really understand who the people around you are, not just the people that are in your leadership, but like you said, you have to make sure that you know the people, the other people in your building. So with that, when something right. happens, you can tap them or plug them into what it is. And, and for me, it really came down to, um, you know, in, in my role in the union, my very first year as president, um, second semester, we had a statewide walkout and right. I was, literally trying to figure out how to do this job. And, you know, we have this big thing happen and a big thing like that takes more than just our group of leaders. Right. And, and I will be honest, when I came into my role, I didn't have a full executive board. We had some empty seats. We were, you know, working on restructuring some things and having these conversations. And then we go through this. And for me, there was an influx of people who were like, I want to be involved. Right. So it came down to listening. Yeah. Seeing those people, because we have 84 different campuses on, in my district. So it really came down to, we needed someone on every single campus to kind of be, if not 
a leader leader to at least be someone who could pass information back and forth, right? So it really came down to like, okay, who knows someone who's on this campus? All right, what do you know about him? Can we like, let's get him on the phone. Let's text him. Let's talk to him. And really building those relationships with, with people and having to build them quickly and, and listening to people along the way and seeing where people shine, right? Right. So yes. you got to know their strengths and, right. and like, what, what can you, when you look at, I, I don't want to use like a military or a war analogy, but you have in, in your service, you have different people with different expertises for right. a reason. If all of us are sharpshooters, like, or, or, or snipers, and just maybe, maybe this is because I've been playing too much Call of Duty again. <laughs> but if we're all snipers and we go into like a ground war, we're going to like, we're not going to be successful. Right, right. And you have you to, know? you have to find people in those skills. And, and I think, you know, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure like a big, a big idea in organizing, um, you know, being, you know, having a lot of my leadership be in the, in the, in the union world, your job as a leader is to find more leaders, right? Like exactly. that's, that's what your right. job is. And so like, I took my role when I took over president, when I, when I became president and I was elected to that role, my job was to find other people to come up beside me and, and, and help me do this work. Right. Right. <clears throat> and so it really came about creating space and opportunity for people to share and people to, to talk about what they're interested in and gathering information. And then we still do that today where we might have a forum or a um, we'll do breakout sessions because we're all virtual right now for our meetings. Right. And then I tell my executive, my, my executive board members who are running or facilitating those rooms. I'm like, keep a list of people who like really stick out to you in that room. Right. If someone really sticks out to you in that room, put their name down. Let's talk to them. Let's see how we can plug them in further and, and bring them along in creating this, this crew, right? And the other piece that we do, and you mentioned this, you mentioned the idea of like, well, we created a committee, right? We had our SEL committee or you have your behavior team or whatever it is. And I think that happens on schools all the time. And, and you can committee a school to death. So don't, oh, yeah. listen, yeah. listeners, don't take me saying that this is just build a bunch of committees and that's how you solve everything. Those, and honestly, those are the only two that I've right. made since I came to SEL because I wanted that's important. And right. then um, our PBIS committee which okay. was already there. But like, yeah, I, I, I kind of take the Adam Welcome mentality philosophy like, you, you don't need a committee or you don't have to have a meeting to have a meeting. Like you don't need these right. things. Like, and, and that's what, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I mean, no. that's what building leaders are. And it's and not a building leader, but I mean, in, we are building leaders right. up. And my wife, my wife makes fun of me all the time. And she's like, you know, she's like my sounding board. Um, I, you know, I, I'm able to come home. She's not an educator. She's not in education. So it's nice to like, just kind of vent to her and not have somebody with an education lens, try to like analyze it. And she'll be like, so let me guess, you know, that's not your job either. Because she says like, I, my, one of my things is, oh, well, no, that's so-and-so's responsibility or that's, you know, someone else is working on that. Or, and she's like, but you're the principal, like you should be working on it all. I'm like, well, no, I'm the principal and yes, I am. I, I have like an overseeing yeah, you, of everything. You facilitate but, it. You oversee yes. it, right? Like, but, yeah. And that's why you need those relationships and you see those leadership qualities because one person cannot do it all. One building leader or two building leaders, a principal and assistant principal or a principal and Dean, they can't do it all. No. And if they do, 
one, 95% of the things will have no buy-in from your staff. Right. That DIY your buy-in is so important, right? And if that's it's why, just me telling right. you, oh, here goes Earnshaw again with another thing we got to do. Like, no, no. <laughs> right. And so, so I think that's one of those things about building that leadership cruise. You have to find those people who have the relationships that maybe you don't have. Right. So yeah. I'm sure when you came into your space as a brand new principal on a building you hadn't been at before, you have to find the people who find, who know the people you have to, you have yes. to like tap into yes. this because you, you know, you can literally, you can walk around a building and it's one of the things we do a lot as a, as a, as a union. One of the techniques we do is we ask people on campuses, who's a leader on your campus. Mm-hmm. If you had, if who's the person that you go to, if you want to get something done or if you need to know something, right. Right. And that's how you find those people who have all those relationships, right? Yes. There is a teacher who everybody goes to when they need technology help. There right. is a teacher right. who everybody goes to when they have a question about X, Y, or Z, right? Those, right. those people Student are there. Behavior experts. Oh, that, right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to his room. It, right. It's, yeah, we have to find them. And real quick, I just thought of this. We don't have to make, like you said, we don't have to committee everything to death. We don't have to make all these committees. But you know what I found is by finding those leaders, finding those those educators with certain expertises. And it's not, and I'm not just saying teachers, paraprofessionals, right. custodians, For anyone sure. on your campus, you go to them and, and talk to them about helping you with an issue or a problem or whatever you need to a committee will form by itself without me saying we're making a new committee. Cause you know right. what happens? That person goes to the people they knew that can help them out. That has the, the skills that maybe they don't have to make right. it successful. And next thing you know is cause I've done that with plenty of initiatives, you know, like, Hey, our morning procedure initiative, I talked to a couple of teachers who were real passionate about how they want to get the kids into the building and quieter halls down. Right. Next thing I know, they come back to me with three other colleagues. Well, here, here's what we were, they, they made their own committee. Right. And like, and that's the thing you, you, you just said it, this idea of like, we have experts around the room. And I think it really comes down to what are you missing in your toolbox as a leader? Right. Cause first and foremost, we have to admit that we don't know it all. Right. And then who are the people who, who, can, who can add those tools to the toolbox of your building, right? What's the thing that you don't get or the thing that maybe you don't know yet, especially when you're that brand new person on that campus? Who can help? Find the helpers, find those leaders. And really, it's not about like, and when, and when we talk about leadership crew, it's not about like, you don't officially have to be the you're on the leadership team, kid, and you, you pat them on the back, right? But it ends up being like, giving opportunities for folks, whether that's leading professional development, whether that's putting together a proposal for, you know, your right. morning, your morning routines or whatever it is. Those are the things that I think are really important. And then when you as a principal, when you as a leader on a campus, and I will tell you, like, as a classroom teacher, I appreciate it when the principal takes a step back and says, all right, these folks put something together. They want to share it with y'all. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you get to see your colleagues, people who do the same thing you do every day, who are in the classroom, who are, I, I, again, boots on the ground or whatever you want to call right, it, right. Who, who, who are sharing with you their idea. 
not an idea that came from up here, you know, and has been, you know, we're going to trickle it down to the, the, you know, the people in the classrooms, but that your colleagues came up with and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they, they get me because they do the same thing that I do. And so really, I think if we're going to nail it down, I mean, you, we said it, it's about when you're building that leadership crew, it's about building relationships, finding out who has the things you don't need. And that comes with listening to people, right? right? That comes with, you know, sitting down, making space for your staff to come talk to you, making space or setting up appointments to meet with your leaders one-on-one. If you already have building leaders, meet with them, talk to them. What are they interested in? What do they want to do? What do they know? What do they care about? What are they passionate about? Right. That passion piece of it, Mm -hmm. tapping into that and then letting it run. Right. You know, I, I think that's key. So for you, Mike, the last question before we kind of wrap is this conversation about, you know, you said that you, you, you didn't move to, to, to change up your leadership team, but as you've gone through your, your time in, on the campus over the years and people retire, they go to a different campus, they leave the profession. How do you fill those roles then of your, your what, what do you look for when you feel like a role for a grade level leader on your campus? It's interesting because we have had that where we had um, some team leaders uh, leave. Um, we've had some step down just because of you know personal things going on, yeah. saying they don't want the the have to the commitment of having to uh, have all that added added responsibility. Um, and I remember for, for one, most of the teams, somebody else has kind of stepped up on their own and come to me and said, you know, I would like to do it. Um, usually it's an experienced teacher. They've been there for many years. And I remember though, a few years back, one of, one of the teams, um, one of the team leaders was stepping down and, you know, they wanted to pass it to somebody who, who again had been in the district for a very long time. And we had a, second year teacher, or maybe they had just finished their second year with us. Now they had taught before, but just with us for two years, you know? Yeah. And, and I remember I went to, um, you know, district administration and I said, is there anything that says I can, that I have to have a tenure teacher? Cause I'd heard that from some other administrators. Well, they got to be tenured to be a team leader. And I didn't understand why that would matter, you know? So I, I went to district administration. They said, no, uh, I think the contract just states they have to taught for two years. And so I went to this, this staff member and I said, I think you would be a great team leader. And they were kind of like, well, are you sure? Like so-and-so can do it. And I think it was more like that fear, like, well, they've got, when you look at the ladder, they're higher up than me. So they should really be it. And I said, well, no, it's not about like who's where on the ladder, how long you've been in the game. You know, I, the qualities that you've brought, I'm like, look at, look at any evaluation I've given you, look at any informal, you know, observation and feedback I've given you, like you, you will be a great team leader. And so they've done, and they've done it now for the past three or four years. And they've done a, it's interesting because they, the team has not changed. It's still the same, you know, three or four teachers, but because the team leader has changed, you could see little things that they've been able to throw in, like almost how when a new administrator comes in, you know, little tweaks with their right. own personality and, and expertise. So um, I just, I just look for 
one who's going to shake things up a little bit. You know, who's going to who's going to kind of change things and not just keep going doing the same. Um, and and just someone who I just you know I, has that leadership quality, has that quality that they are relatable and have those relationships with others, but can almost have that, you know, because there are times when no matter what type of leader you are, there are times where it has to come down to, no, this is, well, you have now those, I'm telling tough you, conversations sometimes, I'm right? telling yeah. you, this is how it's going to be. Right. Um, I mean, even, even me, as much as I preach about relationships and we're being collaborative, there's times where I have to say, no, this is how it is. Um, and you need that in a team leader as well. And, and sometimes I think it's harder for them because if you got a team of four or five, however, they're so close. Right. Right. And many of them have, you know, not just, you know, not just a positive relationship. I mean, fr- true friendships, right. especially if they've been together for a while, but you still need someone that's not going to be afraid to guide them when they may want the rest of the crew wants to go off another path. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. And that's, and that's a key about being a leader. And I, I think you're right. It really does come down to like finding those folks who have those relationships who are willing to shake things up a little bit. Right. Cause we talk about it. You got to buck the status quo a little bit. You got to, you know, throw a wrench in the system every once in a while. And that really does. And I, I think you hit it without saying it. This idea is like, it doesn't really matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the classroom. Like there are opportunities for folks to be leaders all the time. And it doesn't have to be based on tenure and it doesn't have to be based on, you know, like, well, I've been at this school for this long. Right. Like sometimes we, sometimes we need a, you need a fresh set of eyes, a fresh perspective, a fresh viewpoint on things um, that requires kind of going a different angle. Um, So it would not be the punk rock classrooms podcast, Mike, if we didn't Mm -hmm. talk about what we're listening to, what have you been listening to my man? Uh, You know, it's, it's weird because uh, I haven't been listening to too much. Honestly, I feel like I was, I was thinking about this today, actually, before we started recording, I'm like, I don't really have a great answer, but um, I've gone back to my number one pick of 2020 and I've been listening to that get dead record again. And I think what it is, is because I started running outside. I saw, again. I saw that on your, on your Twitter that you were running yeah. to that album. Yeah. So I started running again. It's March hit. I said, okay, it's time to get back out there. Um, and I think that's, that was an album I listened to a, a lot of my runs when I ended 2020 so I just kind of, I think that's why I fell back into it. There you go. So for me, Mike Reed, the singer of Small Brown Bike, put out a album. Oh, it just nice. dropped. It's you know, like a, a more subdued Small Brown Bike, not as not as heavy, uh, kind of, I don't want to say folky, but it's definitely a little more lo-fi, not as, not as big and rocking. But I love the dude's voice. Uh, he's a great songwriter. That came out, and it. I literally listened through it twice today. So that that's nice, my nice. that's my that's my listening out. to. You should check it out. Mike man. Reed, uh, the album. Oh man, I don't even remember what it's called right now. Uh, let's see. I haven't thought of small brown, brown bike in forever. Right. So Oof. the the album is called uh, Decades. So Decades by okay. Mike Reed. Check it out, folks. All right, Mike, the folks can find us on the internet, www.punkrockclassrooms.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, all at the same handles, at Punk Classroom, at Josh R. Buckley, and at Mike R. Earnshaw. 
all of those places, we've got blogs, we've got poetry, we've got the episodes with the show notes up on the website, plus the merch table, all all the goodies, all the goodies there. Anything you want to say to the people before we go? I got got nothing. Keep a posse. Keep it positive. I, you know what? I had a conversation. Here we go. My, I had a conversation with my son about PMA yesterday. Nice. We listened to nice. Attitude by Bad Brains, and uh, then we listened to an interview uh, where, uh, um, oh, the the singer was talking about PMA and what it meant and and where it came from, and and so he had a really bummer afternoon and like another day. And I picked him up. I'm like, all right, dude, what do we got to do? You got to get that PMA. He's like, you're right. You're right, dad. You're right. Right. That's awesome. So talking PMA with the kids. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Uh, we appreciate it. Like subscribe, all that good stuff. Mike and I'll see you at the show. At the show.